Book Guys show be brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash bookguys and get me a book for free. This be Wednesday, September 19th, International Talk Like a Pirate Day. <laughs> I be Paul, the book guy always, and I be joined at the bow. We have Father Robert Balliser. Arr, it'd be good to be aboard, matey. Arr. And at the stern, we have special guest Bill Meeks. Are you doing? Arr, I'm just fine. Don't make me walk the plank. <laughs> And on the poop deck, we have Sir Jimmy. <laughs> Avasti, Hardy's, uh, no more talk of my bunghole, please. Arr, the bunghole, be well secured, Sir Jimmy. I don't yeah, know. You made the joke about the poop. <laughs> we, I don't know if we can keep this up for the whole show. <laughs> I always sound like a Jamaican woman a when Swedish. I do it too long. <laughs> so this be Talk Like a Pirate Day, gents. And we are doing a special episode of the Book Eyes Show. There will be ocean sounds in the background. We are on the good ship, Book Eyes Show. <laughs> I want to thank Bill Meeks for joining us. Arr. <laughs> Bill be the man who be making the video intro for... I always sound like a Jamaican woman when I do this. <laughs> for the show. Bill, you've done such Oh, you'll be talking like a pirate today, boy. You've done such a good job, Bill. Arr. All right, thank you. It just got done rendering. <laughs> rendering. Uh, we might post. Uh, uh, I always. I still sound like a Jamaican woman. <laughs> we might post a preview video. Arr, one day on the site. Arr. Arr. For everyone listening in our audience, we are going to play now how to talk like a pirate. Arr, like a Jamaican woman. I'm old chum bucket. I'm going and we are the Pirate Guys. Arr! Now, we've had many fans write to us on our website, www.talklikeapirate.com, asking us, Pirate Guys, how do we learn to talk like pirates? How do we do it? Well, it's a mystery. We're here to give you a quick lesson on what we call the five A's. The five A's. We call them that because there's five of them, and they begin with the letter A. And the first one is a little word we like to call... Ahoy! Ahoy! Translated into your landlubber lexicon, that means... Hello! The second one... Avast! Avast! Avast means stand and give attention. You might use it when you're sitting in a bar, as we often do. And you see a beautiful, well-endowed woman walk in, and you might say, Avast! Get a load of the bow sprit on that proud beauty! <laughs> Avast! The next word is I. I. I translates as Yes, I agree most heartily with everything you just said or did. The fourth A is I. 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 Now it sounds just like I, but I. I means Yes, boss, I'll get right on that just as soon as I finish my uh, coffee. And there's two of them. I. 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 And the final A is a little word we call. word. It can mean anything you want it to mean. R can mean my team is winning. It can mean my team is losing. It can mean I'm enjoying this beverage. I would like a muffin. It can mean I'm here and alive. Arr! Arr! 
you throw those five A's in, and you've got all the pirate talking you're going to need. Alright, you know, I don't think people want to hear me talk like a Jamaican woman for the whole episode. So I think it'll be okay, guys, if we go through the rest of the Talk Like a Pirate Day episode in own voices. You, you can sporadically talk like a pirate if you wish, uh, but you can't go through the whole day talking like a pirate. You will get fired, folks, and I won't be responsible for the unemployment of any of our listeners. <laughs> Bill, I want to thank you so much. You've done such a great job on our video intro. I hear you just finished oh. rendering the, uh, the latest version. Yeah, mere, mere moments before I got a, got on the line with you guys, and uh, it, it was a pleasure. Like uh, you let me make a ba- basically uh, knockoff of the Super Friends. I have no one do what you're talking. I have no idea what you're talking about. Prank caller, prank caller, prank caller. Spoilers. I mean, sorry. You mean a, le- I, I a legally mean, acceptable parody of it? <laughs> we don't want to pirate it. <laughs> You've done, it was great. Sorry, sorry. Please continue, Bill. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, but it was a blast. Uh, you, you know, doing kind of like a parody version of all you guys uh, in the uh, Duper Pals style. Um, you, you know, it, 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 you were a blast to work with too. Like a lot of fun back and forth and everything. I, I do a, a cartoon version of uh, Podfair. Always fun. Yeah, absolutely. It was a hoot, and uh, yeah, it's great. And you know, uh, if it's okay with you, I know it's still a. a, a hopefully, it's, it might be a final now, but it, it was a work in progress. Is it okay if we post a uh, a YouTube on the site? Is that? Hey, uh, it, 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 as far as I'm concerned, if you if you approve of it, it's your video to do with what you want to. You can uh, put it up, up in Times Square if you want to. And I can't wait till this is a video podcast, just so people can see what the Padre is doing now. <laughs> Cut it out, Padre. Pa- Padre is wearing a t-shirt, folks, that says, protect yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> now that's gold, my friend. That's why you would tune in as a video show. And this is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Sir Jimmy, of course, has the freehollowbooks.com banner up it's very it's quality you should see it must have cost him many dollars to create that <laughs> fine tapestry that's hanging on his wall <laughs> i'm wearing a vote no on daleks bill meeks is in cool he's all black very cool black hat yes. i i do have a, a t-shirt on but it does have a naughty word on it so we probably better not say that uh we've probably said it before many times on the book guys show <laughs> hey i see there's a, actually an there's an app you can get for your iPhone. It's called Pirate Talk. Oh, very cool. Is it a translate get, get, kind of thing? Getpiratetalk.com. There you go. Uh, it's got like 180 different sayings, nautical terms, spoken definitions. Um, looks like it may be a bit old because all the graphics show like a, a 3GS. Right. <laughs> they haven't updated it yet. So we'll, we'll start off with... Uh, a list of the best pirate books is from the swag lists on Amazon. We'll just go through them. Maybe we've read some of them. Number seven, the pirates of the New England coast, 1630 to 1730, uh, Dover Maritime by George Francis Dow. And it says it's a good reference for those interested in pirates in New England. All right. Number six, Blackbeard, Terror of the Seas by Gene Day. A good book written by an author who lives very close to where Blackbeard was killed. Blackbeard, of course, being an actual pirate. A legendary pirate. Padre, cut it out! Cut it out! Arr! 
Uh, number five. I haven't read any of these so far. <laughs> a general history of the robberies and murders of the most notorious pirates by Charles Johnson. The first, I know we all have a laugh with the whole pirate thing, but they were bastards. I mean, they evil people. Uh, number four, this one I have read, Captain Blood. It's one of the Penguin classics by Raphael Sabatini. Actually, I believe I read this one uh, from the... the What's the the Gutenberg free 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 available Gutenberg, Gutenberg project? That's the one. Yeah. Uh, number three, Steve Gutenberg, the Buccaneers of America, Dover Maritime by A. O. Exquemelin. Can't pronounce her name or his name. Uh, number two, under the black flag, the romance and the reality of life among the pirates by David Cordingly, and this is a comprehensive history. I've actually read this one. It's pretty interesting. Uh, number one, classic again, and you can get this one for free if you get like the audiobook or the book, uh, free audiobooks or free books apps on uh, the iPhone, or you can just go straight to the Gutenberg Press, uh, Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, and I agree with that one. That's definitely one of the best pirate books out there. Pirates, so Moby Dick, the only one on Moby the list Dick. that I've read. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's the, the classic right there, yeah. Yeah, obviously my uh, my uh, literature and piracy is is greatly lacking because I, I could not recognize a single title. Well, we've all watched the Pirates of Caribbean movies, so we we know all pirates sound like Keith Richards. You know, they drink rum. <laughs> all you got to know. Uh, here's a promotion that might uh, be very relevant to some of our listeners, and uh, a lot of them are authors as well, or up and coming authors. We'll call them uh, Lulu dot com. Four, talk like a pirate day, starting today, which is of course using our time machine, um, is Wednesday, September nineteenth, all the way up till this Saturday. You can get fifty percent off any order from Lulu.com, even if it's in your own book. You want to stock up on some copies, review copies, or whatever. Uh, you just use the promo code Pirata, P I R A T A. Lulu.com having a promotion, and I'm sure there'll be a few more promotions uh, coming out. On actual Wednesday, September 19, of course, we're recording a few days earlier just to get ahead of the game. And we'll post any promotions on the website on uh, Talk Like a Pirate Day. <laughs> Padre's trying to do his hair up like a, like a pirate. <laughs> this show will be a lot more fun when we're doing video. <laughs> now, uh, continuing on, Bill Mix joining us. That's so cool to have you here, my friend. I am so hyped oh, yeah, about I, that I intro. Him. Glad I was able. The render finished up, and I was able to hop on. Yeah, yeah I was. It was right down to the wire there. I love the coincidence of that. That's so great. And you can join us talks about about piracy. I mean, as a creator yourself, uh, you know, you'd be interested in talking. And not only are we talking about stealing shipments of rum in the 1600s, we're also talking about today about uh, pirating. Uh, you know, in its relevance today, as far as uh, stealing books, music, mm-hmm. applications. And I know that if someone were to take uh, one of your creations and put it on the internet for free, it might piss you off. Where would they put it? Maybe on the Pirate Bay? Arr, the Pirate Arr. Bay. Arr. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I, 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 I'm generally uh, pretty uh, free with my stuff anyway, the stuff that I'm you know, not producing for clients. But yeah, yeah it, would, it probably would piss me off a little if I was trying to sell something to someone else. No, I had a conversation with, I believe it was Jill Edmondson, uh, author of the Sasha Jackson series. She's a local author here. And uh, 
uh, we were at a uh, we were just on our way to go see a, a concert together, uh, and we were sitting there, and she's telling me at this bar that well, you know, my one of my books showed up on Pirate Bay, and I looked her in the eye and said, "That's awesome." She said, "What?" <laughs> I'm like, "That's great. You've got the attention of the world." I mean, you know what? There's a lot of independent authors who aren't on Pirate Bay. So they're, 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 it's a double-edged sword where you can uh, have your work out there for free and it gets you publicity, which a lot of artists, I mean, the, the, the Pirate Bay has showcased many uh, you know, uh, musicians, book publishers. I know, um, what's his name? Portuguese guy, Coelho. He's, he's put a lot of his books on the Pirate Bay and uh, Paulo Coelho, and uh, they get so much response out of it that it sells millions of books for them, or, you know, uh, for a small band, it gets them millions of downloads on iTunes because people download their stuff for free, like it, and decide, well, I'm going to give them some money. You know, so they... they yeah, not, not everybody. You hope. I, I was going to say, uh, they have that whole program now where, uh, like, independent artists can buy a big ad right on the front of the Pirate Bay, too, uh, to kind of help promote their stuff, which, uh, you know, it, regardless of how you feel about pirating, it is one of the most visited websites in the world. So that's good exposure. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, and again, you have the whole not getting paid thing, too. So. Yeah, <laughs> it is the whole not getting paid thing. But you're thinking about, uh, you know, back in the day, the authors had to go around in a van like Scooby-Doo and the gang, and, you know, bring their books. I mean, even, our, even musicians in the 50s, 60s, 70s had to drive around with LPs in the back of a van and put five in each store. Then had to come back to each store and say, well, how many are left? Three. Okay, you owe me money for two. So being able to put your music out there, and all these guys, they're not stupid. They don't just put it on Pirate Bay. They also put it on iTunes and whatnot. And they say, here's my album. If you like it, buy it on iTunes. They do well. I mean, we can agree that all four of us steal numerous things off the Pirate Bay every Allegedly. day. Hypothetically. But, but, how, but how many people do you know, you know, in your normal walk-a-day life that, that even know what the Pirate Bay is? You know, <coughs> people that don't listen to podcasts. There's, you know, there's untold millions of people that, you know, you get some music in your hand and you're listening to it in the car. And, you know, you expose other people to it that don't know about how to go to steal it or, or just... And they wouldn't do it even right. if they could. So you know, it is just getting one segment out there that can show it to the the rest of the, the world. You know, there's there's a big benefit. Absolutely, to that. and you know what, you touched on that. So let's discuss hypothetically in this hypothetical situation. Uh, why would you pirate? I, and I'll start with myself. Hypothetically, most of my pirating is video content, not books. Because <laughs> Doctor Who. Theoretically, allegedly, allegedly, yes. <laughs> allegedly, should I wait? Uh, I mean, when the when the first series of the new series came out, it was a year wait for us Canadians. So that's not happening. I'm watching that, that it. That encourages. Yeah. That encourages. And, and I do have right to be there. honest. I have downloaded. Uh, I started. I bought the DVD. I started buying the DVDs, but the the quality was crap, and it was too inconvenient. The DVD got scratched, so I started buying the the episodes on iTunes when they came out. But I did watch them on, you know, day. The day came out, an hour later. I don't know how these guys do it, by the way. An hour after the show is over. No, not even. Like 20 minutes after the show is over, they've got it rendered. It's a 200 megabyte file, and it's 1080p quality. How, these guys are pros. 
And I don't know, they, see how they just have big racks of computers hooked up to all sorts of TV tuners and yeah. then special programs that run and cut out the commercials. And yeah. So, so in, oh, in yeah. my case, it's not a matter of that I want to steal it. I'm, I, I mean, I, I have no problem paying a dollar ninety nine for an episode, but give it to me now because you know what, the internet is is a sieve. Uh, there's no way that the spoilers, you know, a year from now, there's no way I won't know what's happening in that episode. And I want to watch it today. Uh, I don't even go on Twitter. Because, you know, I'm going to get all these tweets. Hey, book guy, how you doing, Paul the book guy? Did you see that? It was awesome. Dinosaurs on a spaceship. You know, so I'd rather just watch it on the day. But I will pay for it later. Uh, I think that the reason there's not that much piracy in books is because the book publishers actually were the one of the quickest to get the books in your hand on the day they come out. And they were very quick to remove the DRM. I mean, it was less than six or seven months after the, the whole book revolution, ebook revolution started that we started getting DRM-free books. Um, they were quick. They, they saw what happened in the music industry. Uh, they fixed it. And then, you know, that's why books are not that very much pirated, uh, whereas the music industry learned the hard way. And the video industry is still not. They're not there. TV rights, HBO. Why can't I go watch a Game of Thrones on the day it comes out? On my computer, just by paying a dollar ninety nine. But I mean, here's here's the thing. I mean, we we can give really good reasons why they should distribute their content that way. You know, we know we know from experience that when you start doing something like that, when you experiment like Louis C.K. did, or when you experiment like Radiohead did, that yeah, you can make good money off of making your content available immediately and in the format that people want it. But ultimately, they still own the content, and they can do with it what they want. And that's the infuriating part, because it's, sort of, it's the old, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Well, you can lead a studio to the cash cow, but you can't make him take a bite. Right. It, it's, they, they're caught up in the old style of revenue, and that is different revenue streams. When they've got a new piece of content and it's hot, the first thing they're going to want to do is they're going to want to rent it, uh, a premium uh, uh, fee for rental. And then maybe a, a regular fee for rental. Then they want to get it out to studios who want to license it to show on their channels. Then they actually want to sell you the physical media. And they, and they would prefer to be able to sell you two or three different types of physical media. So they're still catching up with the fact that, yeah, all of those streams have compacted down to one. You give us the, the digital and we'll play it on the device we want. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I understand why they're so reticent. It's because we're, we're essentially telling them, We'll give you a steady stream of money, but it's not going to be nearly what it used to be. Now, they've tried uh, corralling us in not to do that, not to get a time and day uh, you know, video release. I mean, it started with DVDs, with the region codes. And that mm-hmm. was hacked in, what, a month after DVDs came out? <laughs> not even that. <laughs> the, the concept being that if you buy a DVD of, uh, let's say, I don't know what would have been out back then, but let's say Superman 3. If you bought a DVD of Superman 3 in Pakistan, you can't charge... Twenty four ninety nine for it because that's a month's salary in that district. So they did the region code so they could sell that DVD in Pakistan for three ninety nine or one ninety nine. But they figured out really quickly that you know people around the world just hacked their DVD players and started you know importing it from other places. Ding! <laughs> I don't know what that was, but but uh, you know and they're still trying it with uh, videos on the internet where you know you go to a website, uh, even even audio clips. You go or video clips. You go to a, a HBO to watch a, a clip of Game of Thrones, and in Canada, anyways, it'll come up and say, 
This video cannot be seen in your region. I'm like, really? I just want to watch a video that makes me want to buy your product. It's a free advertisement. Some guys put it on YouTube and they pull it down. And I mean, if, if it's a book, let's say it's a book and, and you, know, you put an advertisement on the internet, but you won't let people in Canada look at the advertisement. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, and they don't even just stop with regions. Like, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I do work on the computer all day, so when I want to relax, I grab my iPad, I go kick back on the couch and browse the Internet, and, you know, then I go to YouTube, and they're restricting me watching it on my mobile device. Like, I know they were having issues with ads, but they're still doing it. They have the ad working on iOS now, and they're still restricting it, and I'm like, Okay, well, I guess I won't be watching, you know, hot viral video or your music video or whatever of the moment, you know. Okay, one of the thing, one of the things that I noticed uh, was that uh, there are automatic feeds that get uh, get uploaded for YouTube uh, from from various pieces of content from various studios. And it's amazing because, uh, like, for example, on my phone, if I use the YouTube app, it yeah. automatically says, I'm sorry, this, th there's a server error, which basically means this, this piece of content has been made unavailable for mobile devices. But if I come over the browser on my phone and I've configured my phone to not tell the server that I'm on a mobile device, it plays just fine. Th that's the kind of ridiculousness. That's the kind of insane... Uh, well, setup that they have where I can have one device that at the same time can and cannot access a piece of content. I'm not exactly sure what they're trying to protect. Now, now I could say that uh, the book I site's been around for probably about four or five years now, long before we did the podcast. And uh, we did the Amazon thing. So we, we had our Amazon codes, right? And we linked books through that Amazon code. And uh, I was using Amazon.ca. And I quickly found that a lot of the books that we were linking to from Amazon.ca were not available in the United States as well. So this whole licensing thing goes across books, YouTube videos, whatnot. Uh, not so much now because the, the, the international stores are sort of, uh, let's say, melding. They're, they're, I, think, I think the whole thing is they're working out all the legality of all these licensing agreements that were so convoluted and complicated before, where now they're realizing, realizing that it's one world. And if someone in you know, Jamaica wants to read this book... They better be able to go to Amazon.com. You know, it might sw switch over to .ja or whatever Jamaica's, uh, you know, domain name is. But they should be able to get the same book as everyone else. And that these, these artificial borders they put around countries, you can't do it anymore. I mean, you know, we're, gone are the days of Hitler putting out, uh, you know, propaganda films in Germany that we can't see in, in the United States. Because if that happens now, you know, we'll see that video on YouTube in five minutes. That, that actually reminds me of there was a there was a clip of uh, a few years back during the last presidential election cycle of uh, John Stewart saying, "Don't they know we're recording all of this?" When you whenever you have a politician who says one thing yeah. in one place and another thing in another locale, I mean they used to be able to get away with that because local news would cover it, but nothing else. You know, we live in an era that's connected. But here's the thing: I understand what you're saying about the one world, about the global content society. But I can't even get my content providers to agree to let me use a piece of content in one living room. You know, right. in, in my living room, I've got the Xbox. I've got the TV, which is internet connected. I've got a tablet. I've got a laptop, and I've got my phone. 
I actually need to buy it five separate times to watch it on all the devices I yeah. may have on me at any given time. How, how crazy is that? Yeah, it, it's silly that you can't uh, transport these things, and that's down to digital rights management once again. Mm-hmm. You know, why can't I yeah, port and, uh, from my iPad to a Kindle? It, it, that, that's one of the few justifications I actually have for pirating is, uh, it, you know, if I get a piece of content, and it, mainly it's video these days, you know, if I go and I buy it, I, I feel like I should be able to use it just about any way, it, anywhere. And in that case, I'll buy the DRM version, download it, it'll sit on my computer, grow digital cobwebs, and I'll <laughs> download a ripped version to, uh, you know, throw on my iPad or watch out on my TV, etc. Which I know is technically illegal, but hey, I, I, I gave them the money for it. You know? Yeah, I taught a course on ethics not too long ago, and uh, these are all university students. And we talked about piracy. And the funny thing was... They all, none of them thought that you should just download without paying. They all understood why you should pay, why the artist should get a cut, and why uh, you know, the studio should get a cut if they're actually doing a good job. But here's the thing. Every single one of them, I had over, over, uh, over 150 students, every single one of them said that if they bought a piece of content and that piece of content wouldn't play on another one of their devices, they saw nothing wrong with stripping out the DRM to make it happen, to make it work. Yeah, this, so this they're, is different they're... from the days, Padre, when you bought the VHS for Jaws and then you bought a DVD player. You had no problem going to the store and buying a DVD because the, the VHS player, the VHS tape doesn't fit in your DVD player. So right. if you want to watch it in higher quality, you buy it again. But if I buy a digital file that I know, I damn well know, plays on my iPad, why can't I play that file there? I'm only being denied right. because of rights and legalities. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's a, it's a kind of a generational divide, too. Like, I wonder, I wonder you know, what the, the next generation coming up is going to be like. Because, you know, everyone here, you could go out and buy a VHS tape, and you had that VHS tape forever. But, you know, it, you know my kids, uh, when, when they get older, they're just going to know going out and buying a digital file that you can put on one or two devices right so i, I wonder if there they if there's even going to be that fight because you know that's what they're going to be used to and sir jimmy and all the way in north carolina how do you typically watch uh your video download your books uh well we're we went back and forth with red box um i refuse to have digital cable or even refuse to have uh you know, uh, satellite or anything, because uh, one of the things that I, I, I can't get past is that uh, I have a replay TV system in the house. Okay. You familiar with that? It's like before TiVo, it, it, you can record <laughs> anything. It automatically skips commercials. Uh, we have a, a box in three different places in the house. You can see what's playing on one on the other. There's a, a program called DV Archive. Uh, it hasn't even been updated for You are old five, school, yo. Years. Totally old school. I can upload TV. that. I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know if I should mention this on the show, but maybe going on almost a year ago now, Replay TV said they were going to cease their service because they had been bought and sold and bought and sold, and somebody just said, you know, we're just going to cancel the service. It's going to just go away. Sorry. And so I was like, man, I'm going to have to do something else. And then about right like two days before it was supposed to end, they said, hey, uh, we're coming back. Okay. Don't worry. It's all cool. And I haven't been billed 
since that day. Oh, now you will be. Well, I know. I just, it's, it's good content for the show. I'm put it out there. I don't have a problem paying for it, but... Now, see, there is an... Ex- there's an exception from the Librarian of Congress that basically says if you have a piece of the, the Librarian of Congress, right? It, the, so the Librarian of Congress can grant these exceptions every year. And um, there's one that says that if you have a piece of content that is locked down by DRM and it, it breaks, the company breaks, so like the company no, no longer right. supports it, it is not against the law to strip off the DRM to reclaim your content. So I know some people who are using that as justification for stripping off the content hmm. because they're arguing it's broken. If I, can, if I can have the digital file on my device and I can actually physically see that it's on the device and I push it and it doesn't work, it's okay. broken. Now, that wouldn't hold up in a court of law, but you, you understand the mentality of this generation. That's what they're trying to tell you, which is, look, charge us what you're going to charge us, but don't jerk us around and say that, no, there's a reason why I can't. I can play on this device and not on that. Now, now mo- moving on on that tip to uh, having the the content on your device, and uh, we were talking a bit about it last uh, episode. Who inherits your library? Uh huh. Now, think about this. You've got a book by Bill Clinton on your device. Now, let's say that's the only book you've ever bought, and you want to bequeath that to your ancestors. Uh, sorry, to your, you know, your children, your grandchildren. Um, but it's DRM locked to your account. It is illegal right now for you to, uh, you know, posthumously give that link. Padre, that's some sexy rock and roll hair there, my friend. <laughs> I can't wait till this show's video. <laughs> but right now, legally, you can't pass that on to anyone else or your friend or anything, even after you pass away. But they really have to get in their head. This book, I mean, how topical will this book that you bought in 2011 be in 30 years from now? I mean, the sales on that book have got to drop to, you know, a millionth of what they were in 30 years from now. So what's the big deal of me giving this topical book on the life and times of Lady Gaga to my (laughs) great grandchildren? (laughs) It's not going to destroy their bottom line. You know, so uh, I think again, I think that this this is the big, the 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 big red line stopping a lot of older folks and just folks who like physical media, DVDs, books from dipping into the digital world. And there's got to be a much bigger, you know, profit point on selling a digital file than actually making a book or making a yeah. DVD in China and shipping it all the way to the United States. There's got to be a bigger profit point. So what's the big deal? Even if I, if I have the file, I can pass it on. I think that's the big thing that has to be uh, corrected soon. I mean, there has to be a huge court case has to happen. Um, maybe it's too early. Maybe there aren't that many millions of people who have died with thousands of dollars of digital content. But I think that court case is coming in the next 10 or 20 years. And hopefully the, the courts decide, you know, on the side of... Uh, freedom and having being able to you know pass on your product. No, I think you're absolutely. I mean, we ultimately we are part of a culture of ownership. We like to own things. I mean, it's it's built oh, into people love our, collecting our, things. Yeah, our, it's our cultural DNA. It's that's mine. I pay for that. I work my blood, sweat, and tears for that. Now, what happens when the thing that you paid the most for 
doesn't weigh anything, doesn't take up any physical space, and, and is not something that you can actually hand to someone else and say, this is yours now. Here you are, son. Take this and go right. off into the world. What happens when you can no longer do that? I mean, that's... Well, there, there was I, a I time, love, Padre, you could judge that. a family's wealth by walking into their home and seeing how many <laughs> books they had on the shelf. That's Literally. Right. I mean, there was a time where if, if, if anyone had five books on a shelf, it was usually a monastery where the keepers of knowledge and they had five or six books. And that was like, wow. Uh, then you get into the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, where if you, if you walk into someone's house and they had 30 books on the shelf, it's like, wow, holy crap. How cool is this? Uh, 30 new books I can read. <laughs> Padre is now a cat. We have to make this show video as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Padre is a technical wizard, folks, and you know it's really hard to even think now. I'm just looking at a cat. Meow. <laughs> That's it. Well, sure me timbers. No, you're you're actually right. You know, are we are we approaching a time when you're going to walk into your your prospective wife's house and you're going to say, oh, "Okay." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go. Sorry, I just lost it. <laughs> and you're going to say, "Show me your iTunes account." <laughs> you know, I want to see what's in there. Oh my goodness, I have driven Paul to drink. That's a bad. It's thing. a bottle of rum, yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's talk like a pirate baby day. Oh, please continue, Padre. <laughs> I'm going to do my, Bill, be, my best Alex Jones uh, impersonation. Please continue. <laughs> Bill, what do you think about this? I mean, you actually create digital content. I, what, what, you live in an economy where the things you create, the things that you sweat over, don't actually take up physical space. So what happens to the work that you make? I mean, you get paid for it. You, you make a living off of it. But uh, is, is it someone else's to sell after you... You, you sell it to them. Um, well, you know, I don't, I don't think I operate on uh, the scale of audience where I really have to worry about it too much, uh, which, which is fortunate. Uh, and, you know, a lot of my work is, you know, contract work for other people. So I, I get paid the same whether, you know, it gets pirated at the wazoo or not. But I, I mean, it, it is a concern, but, you know, I, I always lean on the side of freedom. And I, I think I would rather a thousand people steal a piece of content that I made than to put any restrictions on it whatsoever. You know, no. just, just because, you know, I, 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 and I mean, uh, as Paul was saying earlier, like with authors, not the pirate thing and everything, pirating is good exposure. I, if, if, you know, a hundred people know my work because they downloaded you know, uh, Bill's masterpiece.mp4 from the Pirate Bay, uh, then that means when Bill's masterpiece part 2.mp4 comes exactly. out on Bill, and you know the what? iTunes store. Hundreds and thousands of authors have been very successful on, Aud on uh, Audible, not Audible, Amazon, iTunes, exactly like you were just saying. What they'll do is the, they'll, they'll, they'll create a trilogy that they're very proud of, a great work, and the mm -hmm. first book in the trilogy... They won't put it on Pirate Bay, although it might end up there, as anything else. But they'll put it on Amazon for free, mm -hmm. you know, and it gets on all the free lists, and people download for free, and then they go, "Well, where's part two? And they clearly label that as part one of three of a trilogy, and then they go on to sell millions of copies of two and three, 
And I think it's a brilliant strategy. If you're an author with a trilogy, it's not selling very well. Give the first one away for free. Give it away for free. The first one. First one's free, kid. Come back, see me <laughs> the later. First, the first Arr. taste is free. <laughs> yeah, give them a little taste for free. And, you know, what we do in the book I show is the opposite, uh, opposite where we, we just give it away for free. And we hope that folks will, you know, go to audibletrial.com slash book guys or, you know, in some other way. You know, uh, Curry and, and Dvorak do it with... Uh, they don't do advertisements, but they do sponsorships where people actually go in, go in and give $50 at a time and help support them. Uh, they have no problem open sourcing their show. Neither do we. Repost. You know what? If you can hack our show onto the big screen at New York Times Square, go for it. Uh, I'm not going to sue you. Certainly not. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Padre, same thing with Twit Network. You do it with advertisement. You do, you know, you do a promo code and, uh, you know, you do good things. I know go to meeting kicks ass padre <laughs> it's really made book guys show uh, please give the pro uh, padre by the way i gotta say twice i've uh, the last second on the show given you 10 seconds to give the promo code and you've done it in one take every time that's so i'm not right. going to do it again to you i'm so sorry padre <laughs> that's okay i'll just say you know what if if you like the book guys podcast if you like what you hear and if soon you like what you see you got to try it out for yourself Viewers of this show get to try it free for 30 days. Just go to go meeting.com, click on the try it now button, and enter in the promo code Enterprise. And I honestly, Padre, we don't have any uh, sponsors of this show or affiliate programs or whatnot that we don't believe in. And I believe it. Sir Jimmy, how easy is this compared to? And I don't mind, you know, because because we don't have uh, actual sponsors, advertisers. I can say, <laughs> Sir Jimmy, compared to Skype. How easy is this? Uh, this makes it fun again. Yeah. It makes it fun again. You can see each other. We're using the exact same bandwidth as when we were doing Skype. Uh, and we can see each other. And not only that, uh, for a podcast, it's brilliant, Padre, because uh, a lot of the problems we had was calling authors, you know, getting their phone numbers through their representatives. Now I can send one email to everyone. Done. And I can send it a week in advance. And I know that at 8 p.m. or 7 p.m. or 4 p.m., whenever we're recording, everyone will pop in the list. I can see them, even though, even if you're doing an audio podcast, it's just so much cooler being able to see Bill, see Padre, see Sergio. But sometimes Padre becomes like a chicken or a wizard like he is right now. Gandalf. <laughs> you may even say that they're wizards of connectivity. You shall not pass! <laughs> this makes podcasting fun again. <laughs> It's a lot of fun, but that's another way you can do you know your content. And I know that a lot of movies and TV shows are going to. I mean, Seinfeld started the whole TV thing where you know Junior Mint episode. That's another way you could pay for. You. I mean, Junior Mint's probably paid a million dollars for that episode and paid for half of the production cost of the show. There's other ways to do this other than nickel and diming everyone and locking them out of content. Just ah, piracy, DRM. Get rid of it. Arr. Arr, get rid of that DRM. Arr. You know, gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. If you want to refill your rum, uh, we'll do a quick one. I'm going to do, I have here the five pirate myths that are really true from the National Geographic, who say very clearly on their YouTube thing, share this with everyone. So that's not true. I'm actually pirating it. <laughs> so we'll be right back. Refill your rum, gentlemen. We'll be right back. The top five pirate myths that are actually fact. Yar. 
Number five. Pirates flew the Jolly Roger over their ships. Tis true, me hearties. The old skull and crossbones was a real flag that pirates flew to scare their prey. But most pirates didn't settle for this boring old design. They added their own piratey flair. Black Bart's had himself holding an hourglass with the devil. Captain Lowe's had a blood-red skeleton standing at the ready. And Christopher Moody's flag was so colorful, it became known as the Bloody Red. But pirates were shrewd attackers. As they approached their enemy, they would fly a friendly flag. Then, right at the last minute, they'd replace it with the old Jolly Roger. Like your mother told ya, never trust a pirate. Number four. Pirate ships were rowdy, boisterous vessels full of drunken rogues. When fresh water was a rare commodity and rum was the drink of choice, things were bound to get a little wild. Drunk pirates need to be entertained, so many pirate ships had full-time bands to play shanties and even had theaters on board to entertain the men. In a famous example of just how rowdy these ships could get, the crew aboard the ship Wida had staged a play about a mock pirate trial when some confused and drunken crew members stumbled in right as the pirate actor was sentenced to murder. They threw hand grenades, drew their cutlasses, broke the actor's leg, took the arm off the playwright, and killed a member of the audience. It almost makes cruise ship dinner theater sound appealing. Number three. Pirates had hooks and peg legs. Pirating was a nasty bit of business. And the promise of treasure was worth the risk of losing a hand or a leg every once in a while. Pirates, unlucky enough to lose a limb, would be able to choose a prosthetic replacement, which did indeed include wooden peg legs or a hook. But the average rum-drinking pirate probably would have decided to just tough it out, since hooks and peg legs were an expensive commodity. Some might even say they cost an arm and a leg. Hardy, 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 Number two, pirates would maroon crew members on deserted islands. Once in a while, a pirate aboard a pirate ship would prove himself so unpopular with the crew that they literally couldn't stand the sight of him anymore. The crew could vote to maroon him. They would find a barren patch of island in the middle of nowhere and drop off the offending pirate for a permanent vacation. The captain was usually kind enough to provide the maroon sailor with a pistol to end his suffering quickly. But not every maroon pirate accepted his fate so easily. Edward England fashioned himself a raft and sailed it to Madagascar. And the number one myth that's actually fact. The pirate's code. If you had what it took to be a pirate... You'd have to abide by the pirate's code. In general, pirates don't like rules, yeah. But if you wanted to set sail, you'd have to agree to the captain's demands. Different pirate captains had their own rules aboard their ships. Black Bart ordered all musicians to rest on the Sabbath day. Captain Phillips promised a swift death to any of his crew caught meddling with a prudent woman. Captain Lowe promised a shiny new pistol to whichever pirate aboard was the first to spot the enemy's sail. But the most well-known code was that drawn up by the Brethren of the Coast, 
a group of nasty pirates sailing out of Tortuga, whose pirate codes were far and wide. The underlying law of their code was no prey, no pay. Twas a rule true for all pirates. If you didn't get the booty, you wouldn't get paid. Those pirates were as dumb as they seemed. NoAgendaStream.com. All talk, no commercials, no agenda. And this is Richard Goodship, author of The Camera Guy on Amazon, and you're listening to The Book Guys. Book Guys! <laughs> and we are back. You guys got to turn the volume back up on my mic there. How you guys doing? <laughs> You know, it's something we do every once in a while. Sir Jimmy never reminds me. He's supposed to remind me, Sir Jimmy. To I had do- a reminder here uh, about listener feedback. Oh, yes. We'll do that right after this. I'll see you. The Think Geek item of the week from thinkgeek.com. Hey, you go to bookguys.ca slash thinkgeek, and you get special deals on all these items from our good friends at Think Geek. I am wearing a shirt from Think Geek today. If we were in the video mode... For our podcast, which will be on soon, you'll see that I have my Vote No to Daleks t-shirt. I always buy all kinds of t-shirts from ThinkGeek. Uh, because it's Talk Like a Pirate Day. Gotta talk about it. There is a book on Arr. the ThinkGeek called Guide to Pirate Parenting for Children 1 to 3 Years Old. It's actually for parents of children 1 to 3 years old. Uh, it's a book of tips for raising a wee pirate. And they do have a little YouTube video on the site. And Sir Jimmy, here we go. Untested, we'll play it. Arr, welcome to Billy the Butcher McDougal's Guide to Pirate Parenting. Put down on these pages by my good friend Tim B. Though a bit nervous about me ways. Raising powder monkeys has always been done the same. Except for maybe an occasional change of attire. But in this book, I'll be telling you how to raise your wee ones as a pirate. You learn some of me most important tips, such as how to remove gum or a giant octopus from your child's hair. How to convert your minivan into a pirate schooner. And find out what a good time you'd be having by replacing family movie night with family terrorizing the neighbors with a cannon night. It's obviously a lot of fun. Available Uh, now at these fine establishments. And the fine establishment. Fine establishment, of course, bookguys.ca slash thinkgeek. And uh, you will learn this book. At what age your child should be able to remove a bottle cap by taking out his glass eye and using his eye? Which (laughs) offense requires administering the Flying Dutchman wedgie? How to prevent sogging the quartermaster? The best place to maroon your disobedient child. How to remove chewing gum or a giant octopus from your child's hair and more. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're a parent, if you're a nerd, if you're a geek like us, uh, for a one to three year old, this is a great guide to pirate parenting. Make parenting fun. Uh, you know, get an eye patch on that kid <laughs> as early as possible. <laughs> Take that picture. They're going to want that. That's going to be their yearbook picture. I'm telling you. Guide to parent, uh, pirate parenting. Uh, once we are a video show, I will pull it out and, and show you some of the images in it. It's a lot of fun. And they have other, other things like the pirate mug. Uh, it just basically says R on the side. And the, uh, they have a pi- pirate booty creeper for toddlers. Lots of fun. Think Geek. Uh, bookguys.ca slash Think Geek. You'll find all this pirate stuff. And that is this week's 
the Think Geek item of the week from thinkgeek.com. And thanks for reminding me, uh, Sir Jimmy, about the whole, uh, you know, listener feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to do that. Uh, uh, Nobot had a joke. He told me I had to tell on the show. Oh, please. No, Nobot, of course, for new listeners, being uh, Sir Jimmy's son. He has done book uh, reviews he, before and been on the show. He said, um, why do pirates hate Disney movies? Uh-oh. Because <laughs> none of them are rated R. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> I didn't want to be on Michael Eisner's to kill list. Thank you. Oh. That was a good one. Good one. <laughs> hey, he's 12. I mean, come on. That's not bad. That's not yeah. bad. <laughs> At least it made sense. I, I have a four-year-old who loves to tell jokes, and none of them make any sense. They're all like big non-sequiturs, so <laughs> at least it made sense. I, I live with 50- and 60-year-old men who tell jokes that don't make sense, so I mean, it's all good. I do a podcast with guys that sometimes don't make sense, so it's all good. <laughs> so we'll do our listener feedback. Uh, Coming in from Twitter, uh, Paul the Buckeye on Twitter, Padre SJ on Twitter, FH Books on Twitter. And Free Bill, what's books. your Twitter, uh, Bill, there? Uh, Bill Meeks, M-E-E-K-S. And, of course, it's Free Hollow Books on Twitter, not FH Books. Okay. That's right. And uh, Paul the Book on Twitter is where you can find me. And uh, yeah, let's go through. I got uh, five of them here uh, from Chris Van, who is at Van Chris, V-A-N-N-C-H-R-I-S on Twitter. Uh, it says he read Dark Seed Awakening. It's young adult, but freaked me out. And I'm 35. Couldn't read it at night. Uh, put it on my to-do list, Chris. Thank you. Uh, Lance and MJ Loveland said they're reading Asimov's Guide to the Bible and said it was amazing. Uh, Padre, have you read that? I have. Uh, your thoughts? I'm thinking about putting that on my to-read list. Um, you know, uh, at this point, because it's one of these reads that uh, you're either really, really going to like it and you're really going to dig it, or it's, it's, it's going to be all Greek to you. Okay. So, I mean, if, you, you've, if you've been in the genre... If you enjoy it, if you, if you're the kind of person who would would click a wiki just to find out all the little okay. details that no one else cares about, then yeah, absolutely, go for it. Otherwise, it's it's a weird kind now, of j- just to interrupt the trip. the listener feedback. I do have this one on my to read list. Uh, it's by John Shelby Spong, reclaiming the Bible for a non-religious world. Now, I'm not a non-religious guy, but uh, have you seen or heard anything about this one, Padre? I have not, but uh, now I've got it on my list. Reclaiming the Bible for a non-religious world. Okay. Yeah, by John. Let's read it here. John Shelby Spong. On my list, um, it's basically uh, he, he, they analyzed the Bible and uh, trying to repurpose it for people who are not religious and just taking a look at it as a text, not as a holy text. But uh, like I said, I do regard it as a holy book. But it's on my list. Yeah. Uh, moving on, listener feedback. I have one. We have Zach Mann who rung in a couple of days ago and oh. says, whoever said publishers as gatekeepers on the show, he asked me uh, in a Twitter post if I said it. I said, no, it wasn't me. He said uh, he uh, shot milk out of his nose when, when somebody said that. Well, uh, just for Zach Mann, I'm going to give him a... In the morning. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm trying to pronounce this name. A lovely looking lady on Twitter. I'll try it again. Looks like a Polish last name. Czveszlewski? All right, there you go. 
She says, oh my God, I'm at 400 followers. Thank you, Paul the Book Guy, for being my 400th follower. I'm sending you an email. Where's the email? But where's the email? I have not got the email. Send pictures. <laughs> That's right. Send pictures. <laughs> and Barry Lancet says, uh, with your downtime, we had a little hiatus, Padre. Uh, catching up on Miss Shows, good behind-the-scene chat with Johnny Heller. And yes, we're going to have uh, audiobook narrator Johnny Heller back on the show. He is awesome. We had a good time talking to him. And a great advice here from J.D. Piley on uh, Twitter. Uh, he says, Padre SJ, Paul the Book Guy, have you heard of pixelofink.com? They list free ebooks on Amazon several times a day, and he says, I've already downloaded 80. And he's at J-D-P-I-L-L-E-Y. Follow him or her. It's a dog in the picture. And uh, <laughs> have you been on there, uh, Padre? Pixelofink.com? You know, I've seen that, uh, that, that tweet go out several times. I have not jumped on that yet, but I've been wanting to. I mean, free, free books, always good. Free books, always good on your Kindle. <laughs> now, Bill, are you Free hollow books, even better. That's right. Freehollowbooks.com, where you can get uh, books hollowed out. And if you can find, spot the free one. Sir Jimmy will ship it free with your other book. I mailed out one today to uh, a guy named Edward in Dallas, Texas, who found the free hollow book of the month for this month. And while we're at it, Father Robert Balliser, Padre SJ, host of This Week in Enterprise Tech on the Twit Network. Twyatt on the set. That's right. You can find us. We tape live every Monday at noon Pacific time at live.twit.tv. If you've got the time, you can also jump in the chat room at irc.twit.tv. And you'll find um, well, we've got we've got quite a community. It's not just a network for geeks. It's a network for people who who want to see other like-minded people. Now uh, you can also download our podcast from iTunes uh, directly off the RSS feed, basically any way you need it, and uh, just get a little enterprise goodness in your life. There you go. And Bill Meeks, the the creator of our upcoming video intro, please tell folks where they can find you and where they can. You know, uh, obtain your services. Um, well, I, I'm out here in the garage. You can just come and knock on the door. <laughs> I'll come out. We can talk. Uh, but I actually do have a website too. It's uh, meeksmixedmedia.com. I have, you know, you can go there to find everything I do, everything I've done. Uh, contact me, samples, the whole bing bang. Or you can just get a hold of me on Twitter, Google Plus. I'm Bill Meeks on Google Plus as well. I think the only one actually. There you go. Well, shiver me timbers. Arr. And I'm quite affordable. <laughs> Only a couple of doubloons. Only a couple of these, gentlemen and ladies. Yeah, Bill, thank you so much for uh, making the intro for us. And, and gentlemen, I think we are very close to the end of our pirate episode. I think we're close to the wrap-up. And usually when that happens, Bill, that's what happens. Thank you, Bill. Thank Thank you, you, Father Robert Balliser. Thank you, Sir Jimmy. Thank you, myself. Thank you, Sparky the Cat, who was uh, sleeping in another chair here at the office. And we will be on video soon, and you'll be able to see all our smiling faces. My bald head, uh, Father Padre, Robert Balliser turning into a cat. Sir Jimmy and his fancy $1 million free hollow books banner that's sitting behind him. Bill Meeks might show up again. (laughs) And we will see you again next week same book time same book channel stay tuned book readers and book listeners Paul the book guy will be back next week same book time same book channel